he will catch one in a jar and then put that jar onto his arm until it stings him and then he will start screaming. Gender genre blind. <laughs> Why are we allowed to do anything? <laughs> the best way to get rid of crime is to murder everyone. <laughs> oh, do you want to save this little girl or rip a demon slug out of her spine? We're not. Hey, cut this out of the podcast. I went numb long ago. Good evening to only those who have fully come to terms with the fact that we will never see the same colors that shrimp do. Welcome to the first episode of Genre Blind, a podcast where we noodle around on the outskirts of pop culture, breaking down the cliches that make it all crunchy. Every week, we're going to use the random trope feature on TV tropes and define, discuss, and dig around with whatever we land on. You might learn something about literature or your own sexuality. Either way, you're contractually obligated to phrase all questions or comments in the form of a compliment or an insulting trope. This is a swearing podcast. We both have degrees, but you wouldn't be able to tell that by the dumb shit that comes out of our mouths. His name is Diggs Brown. And her name is Annalie Tominelli, and this is Genre Blind. Programming note, we're not here to hate on tropes. We're not cinema sins. Tropes are vital to media and we like them very much. It's just really funny to read them out of context. Also, our primary source is TV tropes. Anything other t- than TV tropes will be cited accordingly. All right, let's get down to it. So I'm going to just start on the tab for Genre Blind because it's the name of the podcast. We should talk about it a little bit. Perfect. So Genre Blindness is characters being completely unaware of the genre they're in. Um, A good example of this is, have you seen the Scary Movie franchise? Like the franchise called? I actually have not. I know even though I'm a big horror fan, I'm not a big slasher. She says not sure if it's actually slasher or if people are going to get it. Okay, the first the first one is. So gotcha. it's a, scary movie is a parody of horror movies. Right. Um and the first one is primarily a parody of Scream, but like other ones as well. So like genre blindness is like in the very beginning, there's all like there's like a sign that says safety and a sign that says death and the character runs towards the death one well naturally because Um, it's a scary movie and yeah or like all these things of like they make decisions unaware that they're in a slasher movie such as like having sex and stuff like that and so like they get they get got effectively is that is that kind of the reversal of cabin in the woods where they make all of the scary movies decisions and then find out that they are in a scary movie and then play along to the tropes to a T. Yeah, like that the bit in in um Cabin in the Woods where they're like, "Oh, we shouldn't split up." And then they feed that gas and they're like, "We should split up." Right. It's like forced genre blindness. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. So that's what genre blindness is. And now that we have a working definition, I'm going to hit random trope. Oh, amazing. Oh, first of all, we do we are going to have to decide which of us between the two of us is more like which trope. So, for instance, genre blindness, I'm going to say, would probably be me because I think I have less of a working knowledge of genre blindness. I also tend to uh, stumble into situations that tend to be scary movie-esque. I get caught in the rain or in wonderful, weird situations a lot. I feel like I will accidentally get killed in a very cinematic way. Or take magic stones off of creepy circles in the woods. Hey, listen now, that was one time. Anyway, let's play the shuffle. (laughs) One time too many. So the first one I landed on was Code of Honor. So this is about when you have... 
if you have like a lawful character, either like lawful good, lawful evil, like whatever it happens to be, they need a lawfulness to follow. Right. So this is the code of honor that that person specifically follows. So, so it's like whatever governs them or a group of people. So do you think that perhaps this might tie into our theory and myth? And can we ask anybody who knows a weirdly large amount of random trivia about Arthurian legend? Um, I would say it definitely applies there of like, there's the chivalric code that knights follow. Um, so can you so talk they, us through the chivalric code? Um, the working chivalric code or the actual one? Because I don't know the actual one because um, I haven't been in Arthurian class for a very long time. That's very But fair. the working one is essentially like... Don't kill any. Don't kill anyone you don't have to. Right. If you win a fight, tell them to like return to your king and ask for like forgiveness and like entrust yourself into their service. Um, and do anything women tell you. <laughs> um, basically, if a lady gives you an instruction and she is an honorable lady, you should follow her instruction, no matter what it is. You for example, just have to do it. Yes, in Night of the Cart. Um, Lancelot gets into a fight with this dude and he wins and he's like alright return to Arthur and tell him that like Lancelot sent you that you lost this fight and this girl rolls up and is like um actually he tried to like assault me and hurt my family could you like kill him like could you just like cut his head off and give it to me and Lancelot's like I mean you heard the lady let's have a rematch <laughs> and so he gets this like bloodied man off the ground and starts fighting him again and obviously wins because he's Lancelot slices his head off and just hands it to the lady and she's like thanks and then like leaves so so when a lady tells you to break the chivalric code you just have to listen to her because she's right she's the end all and be all authority mm -hmm. on what you should do that sounds a lot like my life god damn yeah th that that part of the chivalric code is is very good and mm -hmm. we should all we should all follow it everybody all of these knights are just guzzling respect women juice which perhaps is where we're hello <laughs> ladies and and such not a, not all of them are <laughs> <laughs> not all of them are i would say sir tristan is absolutely not drinking his respect women juice nor is uther Will um, you do me a favor and will you describe both of these characters in three very spicy adjectives uh tristan uh, extramarital affair. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Uther, I'm gonna, can I have a sentence for Uther? Yes, you can have a sentence for Uther. Wanted to fuck a lady, so he killed her husband and turned himself into her husband. Oh, neato. These are both cool and good characters that we like a lot. Yes, that's Arthur's dad. Anyway. Oh, neato. <laughs> that that <laughs> oh, was good. the night of his conception. Oh, neat. So going off this trope, there are other people who follow, for instance, like the Batman, you can't kill anybody kind of thing. Warrior cats. What? No. War God, no. No. Warrior cats. No, I'm putting I'm putting a rule in this podcast that if we discuss warrior cats more than 3 times, I'll have to turn into a pumpkin. What about the bro code from How I Met Your Mother? Oh, interesting. Because that's also a, a code of honor. I guess you're right. I guess I yeah. guess on a technicality that one can squeak by. The rules from De Fairly Odd Parents are also a code. <laughs> they are a code. This that is the true. fairly odd parents so, follow. So anytime in just the kind of alignment chart, it is lawful. People are following a very strict rule. 
that is mm-hmm. this trope. And yep. it makes for all sorts of fun tension because if somebody has to do something that goes against their trope or, or that goes against their yep. values, it'll be beautiful, beautiful conflict. Lots of- or if they are someone who stereotypically should be following it, for example, like a doctor breaking the Hippocratic Oath, like intentionally, right. that also falls under... Right. So, like, the Hippocratic, so, like, you know, people breaking their code of honor, or, like, Anakin Skywalker forming personal attachments, he's breaking the Jedi Code. Yes, yes, exactly. That's, uh, it's interesting, it's also interesting, uh, for instance, Rorschach from Watchmen. Rorschach from Watchmen follows deontology to a T, which is that we shouldn't think of morality in terms of an ends or means at all. It's kind of black and white, which is why he's really cool to just kind of crack the skulls of criminals, because as soon as you're a bad person, you are bad forever. Uh, and and it, it's, it's this fun kind of vigilante spin on, on Batman, because not only are, are the police like, we don't want you here, but also the criminals are like, we also don't want you here. <laughs> and I find it so fun because he's running around thinking that he's following this very, uh, you know, straight and narrow set of morality. But mm-hmm. in reality, he's really just a bad guy. And super sexist. And and homophobic. Rorschach's fun. This, yeah, none of that sounds super cool. No, um, he's not cool. He's definitely not a cool character. And yet, and yet, I, I, I love Watchmen. It's not good. I mean, it's great, but it's not good. You know, in the same way mm-hmm. that, in the same way that um, Lovecraftian horror is not good. <laughs> you know? But it's fun. But it's fun. All right. So that's, that's Code of Honor. Um... I'm going to say that's definitely more you than me. Yeah, I I would say I would say but aside from aside from the guzzling respect women juice which you have in spades. Um, I do do that. I definitely I definitely think that as far as morality I've got a bit more of a of a of a, of a code. You yeah, yeah, you have more of a moral code. I have like a a policy code. Right. I play lawful. Lawful's my jam. I play chaotic good. I play lawful neutral, so, you know, yeah. it, it works. So next on deck is, this is a trope specific to video games, but it can be applied elsewhere too, I believe, um, called video game caring potential, which is basically Ooh. being forced to, or being asked to rather, care for something oh, in a video game. Oh, I love so, that. Yes, being, <laughs> like if you, if you come a, a, upon like a, like an injured person, do you help them or do you just loot loot their body? Right. Um, right. A good example of this is in Bioshock. I was about to say Bioshock, Mm -hmm. the little sisters, when it's just like, oh, do you want to save this little girl or rip a demon slug out of her spine? And I'm like, well, I do kind of really like that treasure. It also, little sisters walk a fine line between the uh, kindness or the caring potential and the cruelty potential because like right that's also an option for them because that that is um, another another trope right. of the cruelty potential. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that one is me the video game caring potential. Yeah, I I'm accidentally a dad. That's a true. Lot. You do pick up a lot of little friends. Like, I pick up strays. Yeah, which is, which is you know, you're a strange mix of, like, very not nurturing in that, you know, 
murder and such, but you're also very, you're very welcoming to the people who need a place to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Foster's home for imaginary friends. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, except it's my house for gay orphans. Perfect. Yes. So pretty Um, much Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And we've just invented Peter Pan again. And we just invented Peter Pan again. Cool. Yes. Cool. Um, Speaking of tropes that are me, the next one is, of course, obliviously evil. Oh, no. Which is basically a villain who is convinced that their actions are, like, acceptable or helpful. Like, they're not justifying their wrongdoings. They're, like... They think it's fine. They actually think that it's good. Like, what's his face? Yeah. Purple chin, 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 chin. Thanos! Thanos? Yes, he I thought had... if I thought you meant, like, the evil version of the chin from Fairly Odd Parents. Nega chin. No. Yeah. It was... You mean Thanos. It was Thanos, which honestly is the probably the evil version of, of the crimson chin from Fairly Odd Parents. And how a, bunch of, how a bunch of quasi-intellects are just like, well, was Thanos actually maybe real because the Earth is overpopulated? And you're just like, where? Where is it no. overpopulated? Maybe we're just really bad at allotting our resources and the majority yeah. of the earth's wealth goes to a it's fine this is a trope i think podcast. i think he also like with thanos he fits this but he also like leans away from it because i think he is aware that he is doing a bad thing because he's like oh what did it cost like everything like he oh. he knows he's doing an evil thing but he's still going to continue to do it gotcha this person um, just i think straight doesn't know that what they're doing is bad i think Ultron might be a better if we're doing Marvel I think Ultron might be a better example because he's like he thinks what he's doing is good that makes sense but then like it's doing doing crime so but basically like another thing with this is like there's a whole TV tropes has like a list of like think like how this can be achieved oh splendid Um, rattle some off yes so one of them is uh mistaking morality for black and white extremes Right, so like, like Rorschach. Uh, another one is broken by torture. So like, they're they're changed. So this also could fall under like the break the cutie trope mm, stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, a legitimate but alien value system. So like, they come from a system that believes one thing, um, and are making decisions in a different system. So like, if Superman showed up and was like, actually, the best way to get rid of crime is to murder everyone. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, too stupid or too young. So like. The, the kid that, you know, feels abused by his parents who so wants to kill all adults. Right, right. right. That yeah. would count as this. Um, okay. So it's more... uh, Another version is outsourced morality to their master. So if you make, for example, some sort of contract or deal uh-huh. and need to... Um, <laughs> Perfect, yes. Follow someone else else's yes absolute morality and then uh, and then you're just like it's okay daddy's got this yeah that and in a much darker way i was only following orders right 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 that makes sense and then and so so a lot of this doesn't necessarily come into uh like fierce justification and it more comes into being oblivious of that they are even doing anything wrong at all yeah okay that makes sense yeah so that's a that's a good i like that trip a lot i think it has a lot of potential um the next one we we can try this one i think it could be interesting but it might not be okay um this trip is high school 
High school. It's the concept of high school. All right, so let's just let's just take a second and rattle off tropes within the trope. Okay, so we've got we've got we've got the, the prom jock. queen. Prom queen. Yes, we've got the the very rich prom queen. We've got the jock with the heart of gold. You've got nerds. There are different brands of nerds. There's like the will could never be loved nerds who just have yep. the pocket protectors and the the taped glasses and are yep. a little bit weird. And then you yep. have the the protagonist nerds because all authors who write nerds are just like, but they were secretly cool the whole time, you know. Yeah. Uh, you've got the burnouts. You've got the the people who hang out. On hot the teachers. Bleachers, hot teachers. Evil teachers. Evil teachers. Old teachers who are a little bit like wiser than they let on. A little bit cooler than they. Let oh, on. your 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 Giles. Yep. 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 <laughs> Not um, Will Schuster. Not Will Schuster. Is this? Is this? Did I? Is this a nerve? Is this a nerve? You, you also have the option for like what type of school it is if it's an inner city school or a rich school or like middle america school or like there's also that trope of like when one school shuts down so in the middle of the year they just put all of those students into a diametrically opposed school (laughs) exactly which is like really common in media but absolutely not a thing but it doesn't actually happen that much at all because how disruptive would that be can you imagine can you imagine if something happened at east and they were just like oh yeah all of you guys just go to west yeah no 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 no. we'd be like you're not welcome here you are not welcome our school isn't big enough if anybody from cb east is listening to this podcast get out please get the hell get out. out. Or you know what? Fuck off. Get out. Fuck come you. to my house. Walk up my steps and please just open my drawer. Inside my drawer you'll find my entire shorts drawer. I'm gonna need you to slurp them through a straw. Please eat my shorts, CB East. Period. Catch these hands. Catch, Catch these hands. hands. <laughs> Fuck the Patriots. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think I blacked out for a second. There. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. Um Yeah. Ooh. Oh gosh. Uh so high school. That I can hardly even remember it. Don't even have any old grudges against it. And, and no, it's not at all. Yeah. Um, I am obsessed with it, high, the high school trope where it's like they have stories take place in high school that would make much more sense to take place in college. Like, oh, right. Any story that's like super sexually charged or like they have like really absent parents, stuff like that. Yeah. Why? Why not just send them to college? Really no, easy way no to parents, deal. No parents, no grown folk aside from professors. You still have classes. You have plenty of free time. No one's checking in on where you are. And you can have all the, like, of-age sex you want. That's absolutely true. None of it gets creepy. It's all very... And you know what? The whole coming-of-age thing still happens in college. You are coming-of-age. It's just of different. Age. It's just a little bit different. Your parents are, are less around and your classes... But they can still be involved. Exactly. They can still be involved. They can still be involved. They they are involved to varying degrees. I had somebody who went home every weekend. I had somebody who stayed all the time at school. And Yep. And also... Just generally, then you can cast actors who fit their their age group. Yep. Also, then, like, when you have your, like, ooh, we found something creepy, let's analyze it in the lab. It's not a high school science lab. It's not a high school science lab. You're just, like, cool to do things. Also... I just think that, I just think that college, you can have a little bit more fleshed out 
characters as far as intelligence. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was fine, I was smart in high school, but yeah, as far as my intelligence, it increased by about four years throughout college. Also, you can still do dumb shit. Exactly! exactly. You can still do dumb shit. Mm-hmm. And it's just, one. I also think that there's like a lack of like, media that centers on like dumb college shit oh yeah and i feel like like buffy was the first tv show i watched that i saw characters go from high school to college they weren't eternally high schoolers and it wasn't their like last year of college where they're like partying that's like it was too because people that transition once you get to college it stops it does not stop and i know that people's experiences are different but guess what didn't happen nearly as much in high school house parties i'm sorry yeah sorry i've never been to a high school house party yeah please that's that's crazy i I, now college now college on the other hand exactly exactly i was in a cool frat called marching band and let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) wow that's i feel like just kidding i'm in phi beta kappa and that's not a bit is this a marching band no this is an honors fraternity that originally started as a secret society (laughs) (laughs) i joined don't get that after i graduated Exactly. And you don't get that in high school, but you do get a secret cool handshake. Yeah. Actually, there straight up is a handshake. I just haven't had an in-person meeting with other members, so I don't know it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is not a goof. I guess you can't teach me then. That's fine. I, I also wonder how much of high school media creates high school tropes and how much, like, high school creates high school media. A lot of the media that centers around high school is written by people who had a very specific high school experience. Yes. Uh, Just how almost every book where you go to a teacher for advice, to a professor for advice, it'll be an English professor and it won't be like your mathematics Mm -hmm. professor. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like people create high school media to create high school right the high school experience doesn't exist it's just being a a sticky teen with other sticky teens gross gross teenagers though without fail are the funniest people alive (laughs) because they're in a perpetual nightmare every moment and the only thing they can do to cope with it is talk to each other and like goof on each other yeah yeah it's true the youth rocks the youth sucks the youth rocks and sucks i mean that's the point though yes yes oh yes they need time to to sort it out exactly exactly Want to smash that randomized? I have been for several minutes, and oh, all of them me. suck shit. So hey, I'm... try me. I have landed on psychopathic man-child. <laughs> so a dangerous or at least unsettling villain with a childlike nature. Ooh, um, this so is like, it especially off- creepy, like the one person from American Horror Story. Yes. This often gets put into like the nightmare fuel category. Right. But there's like a couple versions of this. I'm gonna read through the versions so we know what we're what we're playing with. Um, the first one is like big dumb muscle. So like you're sort of like evil himbo in a way. Like right, you're right. The kind of one toothed person who is following around mm-hmm. the yep. Your muscle. Your muscle. Your muscle. But like the low voice and the waddle, I don't know why that happened, boss. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then you have your 
superficially powerful and cruel but like childish and simplistic goals i feel like this was often a plot in like doofenshmirtz well yeah actually doofenshmirtz is a perfect example of this his goal like he does evil shit and his goal is like i want everyone else to be shorter (laughs) exactly (laughs) all he wants all he wants is to rule and then as soon as he gets it he's like i don't know yeah. Um, then there's the character who actually possesses a lot of power and intelligence or prestige, but they have childlike qualities and behaviors, and it sort of makes them creepy in that way. And they're usually like the big bad of a story. Could that be perhaps Joffrey from Game of Thrones, where he is the king and he's incredibly cruel, but he's also very young. Yeah. And- I think he works for it. I think yeah. also, like, adults who behave in a childlike way work for it. Um, this yeah. also, I think, overlaps sometimes with, like, the queer stereotyping of villains, of, like, giving them some very unusual quality, such as, like, a childish or, like, eccentric behavior that goes at odds with, like, them as right, an adult. Right. So, I mean, I guess even though even though this isn't this isn't the best example because Harley Quinn isn't a a, a true villain, villain yeah. per se. A true villain, but like how she kind of is very cute girlish and but then is just smashing people's caps. Yes. Absolutely. I think Harley Quinn's a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Which is which is unsettling because you know, imagine a person with a lot of power and the instability of a child Mm -hmm. oh you know the one batman villain who she's like trapped in a child's body baby doll baby doll she was first featured in the batman animated series and she is a villain trapped in a... She she was an body. actress who was born with systemic uh, hypoplastia, which is a condition that kept her from aging. So her whole life, she has looked like a little girl. So she's, like, in her 30s. And, like... Oh, and that's the plot of Orphan. Too. That is the plot of Orphan, also. So a lot of these, a lot of these like, secret evil hidden in... Children. Yeah. Also, oh, the one that I think of right off the bat is the Twilight Zone episode where it is the child, you know, you know that one, where he sends him to the corn maze because... Uh, they send him to the cornfield because he he didn't like his birthday mm-hmm. present or something mm-hmm. like that. The whole family lives in fear. Oh, yeah. that's like great Twilight. There's so. there's like some more like types, but I don't necessarily want to read through all of them. I kind of want to see what strange examples TV tropes gives. Um, yeah. I'm gonna open yeah. up the film category to say what they what they've got. Gaston. <laughs> Oh, interesting. That's interesting. I get it, because his, like, temper tantrum and stuff like that. Right. Syndrome in The Incredibles. I, I think syndrome, for sure, yeah. Let's see, I'm just looking through um, film. I guess it kind of goes back to people who were stunted in childhood, mm-hmm. too, and then kind of held on to these youthful vendettas. Yes. I think that Gaston is interesting, because I never think of him as childish. I think of him as just... Uh, toxic masculinity but if you man child i was going to say if you take it back to its root toxic masculinity is pretty childish um let's see um this is a wild example these are two sorry two wild examples back to back lay it on me jason Voorhees. because he is technically a child who died also he's the like dumb muscle right like he doesn't have any like 
I mean, he does have some intelligence. Some of the, like, ex- like things he lays out for his victims are rather thought through. Right. But he acts sort of just like a lumbering being. Right. Followed by the example of Michael Myers. I was... Ooh. Because... Because the way he stalks his victims is like a bully. Oh. Also, he was he was fucking he was institutionalized when he was a little kid. Right, right. So he didn't Interesting. Interesting. I think that it's interesting how a lot of slasher films have these very simple motives of the yes. villains. They just want to yes. kill. They just want to do X, Y, and Z because they have mm-hmm. some sort of grudge, which I guess is is childish. A cool a cool example on here is also Luigi Largo from Repo. Because <laughs> all like he has very simplistic goals he and then just like does, does murders. And then, like, the second um, he doesn't own the company, he's just, like, sobbing. He's just crying. It's true. I guess all of the children from Repo are very childish. Yeah, I think I think Amber matured the most. That's true. She has and then, an like, interesting arc. Pavi's interests are very adult interests, even though they're, like, simple-minded. Right, right. But yeah. they are still, it's childish, even with even with that. Repo's the genetic opera, folks. Repo is flawless. It's the best. I hope that we can tie it in at least once an episode. <laughs> we definitely can because it is a true opera. Oh, it's so, so true. Like, it has it has opera tropes. Oh, and opera is stunning for tropes. It goes back to, you know, even like the Commedia dell'arte uh, sort mm-hmm. of like very clear the way that you hold yourself, the, you know, voice range that you sing in will determine where you are. There's the ingenue, there's the page boy, there is the big villain that's usually the bass. There's mm-hmm. Oh, I love those because it plays on tropes in a rigid way mm-hmm. like pantalon will walk in a very distinct way but as soon as you see pantalon you know what he's gonna do you know what i mean mm-hmm. okay this one i really like this trope because i feel like it doesn't get used as much as it should okay and that is the excited kids show host Ooh. so there are three types of this based on based on tv tropes um, there's the zany sounding, but, like, relatively kind, so, like, they're a little bit condescending, so, like, edutainment typically has a host like this. Then there's the wacky, zany, and not condescending. They're the ones who are kind of, like, wild, like, they'll do, like, pranks and, like, tease the kids and stuff like that. Right. Um, and then there's, uh, infotainment ones, where they're, like, very sort of, like, straight laced they're upbeat and excited but it's more of along the lines of like a kindergarten teacher Ooh. something like that so the first one i would assume willy wonka uh let's see i think so i think he's actually on this list let me find him because he's kind of just like all right children let's tour my chocolate factory but yeah like, he is on this list he's not he's not lifted li- he's listed as a parody actually oh of this of this trope oh well i mean that makes sense because you know he's or i guess which which one which year this is this is the um uh i almost said the tim burton one yeah it's the johnny depp one okay um 
So, because this one is also listing of like it's a spoof of how kind of unnerving it could be, right. and that's the part of these guys that I like. Right. That it's like. Right. 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 <laughs> so, um, type one examples of like uh, Steve and Joe from Blue's Clues. Okay. Okay. So Elmo, so just the genuine one. So not condescending necessarily, because that feels like it has like, malice in it. Could be when you're an adult, it right. seems condescending, but the, when you're a kid, it's genuinely kind. Right. The do you know where the ball is? And it's like in their mm-hmm. hand. Yes. Um, type two, Bill Nye is listed. Oh, yes. Because he's a little, like, off the wall. I would consider the Zaboomafu guys to be on here, too. Ooh. Martin and whatever is fuck, the other guy. Right, right. What's the right. other one's name? I could not tell you. I know the outskirts of Zaboomafu. Let me look up Zaboomafu. Chris and Martin, the crap brothers. Chris and Martin. Chris. No disrespect to Chris. I loved you. And then I'm trying to think. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list for type three. Type three is like way more like boring. Oh, it lists the Krat brothers under type three. So there we go. We're three steps ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought they were a little more zany. So, but I so might be misremembering. Would that be Would that be Oh, uh, like the Crocodile Hunter? Oh, oh, Steve Irwin. Yeah. If is he is is he? I guess would be number three because he's like, look at this snake. It'll bite your face off, kids. But yeah, he's and always, he's very earnest. He's very earnest. He's like, oh, the beautiful crocodiles. Yeah. Whereas currently, Coyote Peterson or Coyote Peters, what his that guy, Coyote. I him you know him he's type two this man's fucking insane he goes around letting things bite him to see how painful it is and then will also like is this is this a kid's thing it's for kids he also will be like sat somewhere and like be on his phone and realize this region has like a type of lizard he hasn't seen before and will just wander into the woods by himself (laughs) and leave his crew behind and they're like okay what this is a kid's show? Yeah, Coyote Peterson. Have you not? Do you not know Coyote Peterson? No, he sounds like a stuntman. Like Coyote a- Peterson is fabulous. <laughs> He's great. He always has a little a little cowboy hat on. Does he let things bite him for real? Yeah, he really does. Ooh. He'll like trap mosquitoes, or not mosquitoes, he'll trap like death wasps in a jar and then just like hold it onto his arm until it stings him. Why? <laughs> <laughs> It's for That's the sake of science. So no, it's not because I guarantee, I guarantee you, I guarantee you one thing children aren't like is like, hmm, I wonder if that bee really does hurt when it stings me. I bet, I bet you, I bet you they know. No, but like he also is doing, doing research so into like animals that haven't. What do on screen when the mosquito giant death wasp stings him? Oh, they show him start screaming. I was gonna say. No, watch one of his videos. He like has a breakdown. So, 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 okay, I'm sorry, because I've never seen this. But is this, because this is crazy. So, no, it's so good. It's honestly so good. No, it's good. So, this, well, sometimes he just holds big turtles. So, this alleged children's show. (laughs) Wait, can I tell you something that's important? He started as a YouTuber. Of course he did. I'm so not surprised. Are you kidding? YouTube ate a lot of fiber one day, and then that happened. I have no idea. But so, so it's good in this children's show. I just want to get this straight, and I want this. On well, the it's for, it's family entertainment. Mm-hmm, 
<laughs> yeah, sure. So for this children's show, does a yeah. man just get stung by things, look dead into the camera? No, he doesn't. He he goes into a, a habitat. Mm-hmm. He's very respectful towards the habitat. He talks about the species that are there. Right. He'll like catch a frog or a lizard and like talk about it and like interact with the frog and let it jump on his hat. And then sometimes he's like, and murder hornets live here, <laughs> and he will catch one in a jar and have people with like (laughs) venom antidote on hand and then put that jar onto his arm until it stings him and then he'll start screaming and he'll start to scream and that's when the children clap their hands and say coyote jones we no coyote peterson coyote gary we love to hear you scream it's honestly it might be a kink thing (laughs) i'm looking at a video of him finding a murder hornet and its butt is pulsating oh oh he is putting it in a bag (laughs) is he gonna put his arm in the bag no in this one he didn't let it sting him i'm opening up stung by a cicada killer let me get to the bit where he puts it on his arm oh oh he put it in a bag and now he's reaching his hand into the bag <laughs> anytime Hold coyote gary ooh, puts ooh, he's holding bag. it in tongs against his skin until it stings him that cicada killer is like i don't want to sk- i don't want to sting you man all right okay he's now he has his arm laid out on a table and he's like flexing his hand and like making weird expressions this is hell this is not a kid's show <laughs> this is I'm he's not... also poking where it stung him but that's the thing no part of me was ever like hmm, i wonder if that's not painful um i'm gonna get to the part where he's no now he's crying <laughs> <laughs> why Oh, now he's sweating a lot, but he's talking directly to camera, and he looks okay. We can't right. just take, we can't just make this a let's watch Coyote. I'm blend. getting. I'm not. I'm no longer watching Coyote Peterson. Let's cut a lot of that out. Okay. Where I'm just watching a Coyote. Peterson. Don't worry, I will definitely. For the next ten minutes, we watched Coyote Glenn hold various insects to his body and scream directly into the camera. Okay, where were I we? don't. I don't I, know. I've gone to a new one, and I picked it because of the image on it. Perfect. So this is called the Hypno Trinket. Oh. This is any item that can hypnotize and control the wearer. So think the the chum bucket hats from the Spongebob um, movie. Would Jafar's staff count as a Hypno Trinket? No, because the user's not wearing it. Like the person being controlled. I am going to, in our very excellent and cool um, chat that we have, mm-hmm. drop uh, the photo that made me stop on this. Is it? Okay, can I guess? Okay, I bet you. Yeah, try and guess what it is. I bet you it is a Victorian woman with a necklace on, and she. You're so wrong. Oh, God damn, let's see. You are so wrong. All right, we've. Okay, it's got. <laughs> interesting so it's i'm going to describe this picture so it is a three panel comic of three white rat four four there's four rats rats. they have a little teeny tiny strap and on top of their head is a button in the first panel the button is off on the second panel it is lit up and in the third panel they're all enjoying tea yes so clearly this image is perfect. Right. It goes from it goes from rats with rats with a little headband to rats getting brain controlled to rats having tea. 
Yeah, which seems a pretty innocent thing to control rats to do. But I feel like this trope is often used when a, a people, like, think, um, think, oh, what is it? The Haunted Mansion, the movie. Oh, yeah. So whenever, whenever, and I feel like this happens often. Hey, why did you make me think about the Haunted Mansion movie? <laughs> <laughs> because I needed you, I needed you to, I needed you to have the visceral flashback that I'm sure you had when I said, remember the Haunted Mansion movie? It's, it's. I feel like this is a trope that is done where one person tries to turn a person into another person. Yeah, that ha- that happens sometimes. It also... Mm, I'm about to say something very normal and then very terrible. Right, of course, as you do. So, a lot of times it's just like... So, what's it called? A lot of times it is what you're talking about where, like, it's, like, a spirit, like, turn, turning someone into someone else. Sometimes it's just, like, because the, like, it the also chum bucket in thing. Danny Phantom, just saying. Yes, yes. Sometimes it's also, like, the chum bucket thing where you're just getting, like, like mindless drones to, like, do a thing. Right. Like, the hypnotizing people. But it also frequently gets used in Rule 34 and fetish stuff. <laughs> because, of course, it's a mind control thing. Right. I've met people who are are into that yeah but they're otherwise very very vanilla and then they're just like my one thing have you ever watched hypnosis porn i have not it is so funny is it it is so funny i feel like there's no way to do that it's not it's not like pornographic really i mean there's like flashing images but usually it's like a slideshow of like sexy images while a man's voice goes you are a piss slave you are a piss slave you want my piss in your mouth (laughs) and it's really uncomfortable but it's so funny see i thought i thought here i thought like like a fucking dummy that it was gonna be people being like hello here now under mind control and they would have to pretend <laughs> to be under mind control and be like no uh, yes i'm under mind control let's do a normal porn now that's what no I a good example well okay a good example of a non-pornographic unless you're me mm-hmm. trope of this is like rise of the cybermen uh not rise of the cybermen i'm wrong um the, the one where they all have the little earpieces and they get controlled. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. No, they do they do use it in that one, but it's not the thing I'm talking about. In that one, it's just like they have the Cybus industry technology. I'm remembering. Um, they That's the one where they go to like the alternate dimension and like Rose's dad is still alive and stuff. That's that one. I'm thinking about the one where Freema Adjaman plays her own cousin. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about right before Rose Tyler gets sent to another universe? Mm, vaguely. Where they're wearing, where they get turned into Cybermen in Torchwood? No, I mean, it definitely feels... Canary Wharf? Listen, it feels Can- familiar. I haven't watched it in the past four years. So it's mm-hmm. definitely a bit farther away in my brain. It definitely happened, and I was there, and I saw it, and I... I liked it. Oh, no, I believe you. But if you are wrong, the nerds will fillet you alive. I am right. It's not Rise of the Cybermen. Rise of the Cybermen is where they go to the alternate universe. Um, I am thinking of Army of Ghosts. So which of us is um, hypno-trinket? That's you, baby. It's not. That's you. 
I, because you've seen it. You've seen it, so you must have sought it out. You're right. <laughs> I did, actually. I looked, I did look it up. So the next one I pulled up is Interactive Narrator. Um, and this one is when the interactive narrator both narrates to the audience and interacts with the characters. Oh, God, I so love this trope. This is common in the Adventure Zone comics. When Griffin shows up and is like, hey, guy. <laughs> it's also it's also in uh, Sondheim's Into the Woods with the mm-hmm. narrator who, the mysterious man... It's in Emperor's New Group. Right, that's true. When Kuzco's like, I don't get enough screen time, and then Kuzco on the screen is like, shut the fuck up right, and let right, me do right, it. Right, right, I guess it also works like, oh, what is that one that just came out on Netflix? Enola Holmes. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the Stranger Things girl. Yes, but I think I think that sometimes this trope... I feel like this trope is very clunky sometimes when it yeah it can be distracting right when the narrator looks into the screen is just like i'm gonna give exposition that the writer should have written in better Mm -hmm. Um, unless you're doing it really well however comma i do love narrator characters hey the narrator in our town can do anything he wants to me (laughs) i agree (laughs) the narrator from our town is canonically very very hot we can all. I, the narrator from Our Town is my ideal man. I know, right? I don't know why, but he just can get it every day of the week. Uh, Grave Robber from Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh, Ooh, yeah, baby. Second drop podcast. Can we fit it in forever? He can also do anything he wants. Of course he can. Of course he can. I like the omniscient narrator. They, they're, they're very they're good. They're very good. I, I love it. I love it dearly. Mm-hmm. All right. So is this, this trope part you? will be... Is this trope you, though? Is this trope me? I don't think so. I, I think this is more your speed. Have you ever read... This is a bit of a side note. Um, Tale of Despero? Yes, I have. You know how batshit crazy that book is hey I went don't to hey to a listeners child. listeners don't reread it if you have don't fond memories of this book it. just look at the cover and move on just look do at not the cover, reread Despero. feel the little feel the little rigidy edges on the pages like, yes feel the little feel the little rigidy page edges and be like ah oh, i loved this book as a child don't go back and reread it it's no a bad leave that mouse book. alone leave that mouse alone let him go let him go you loved the book because you were too young to have good taste and me too like we all did just don't go back and read it there's a scene there's a scene where they're just like Despero was walking down the stairs and they were very dark and then the, and then the narrator turns to the audience and is like a reader <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like don't look at me I didn't agree to this and it's just like a reader have you <laughs> have you ever gone down dark stairs <laughs> they're just like they're just like a reader have you ever been so depressed <laughs> just like yes but you can't ask a seven-year-old this. <laughs> okay wait here's my pitch for a book it's like that so Despero is walking down the stairs and the narrator's like have you ever been so sad that you couldn't narrate the book anymore anyway <laughs> bye time for the new narrator and the book of 
completely changes writing style. Right. And there's a new guy. comes very cheery. He's like, bro, this mouse is so cool. This mouse is so like, neat. Uh, this mouse has like a fine life and it's whatever. Let's not even. But the thing is, it's also a very lazy thing. Because if, yeah. if Jesper is walking down a dark staircase and the narrator turns to you and is like. <sighs> <laughs> Listen, this staircase is really fucking dark, and I'm not even gonna- I can't even go into it. <laughs> I don't I'm about to say it. something really controversial. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think that's who Jack from Jack and Annie grew up to be. <laughs> from the Magic Treehouse. <laughs> I think he grew up tree. to be like- um, I think about Jack from the Magic Treehouse every day of my life. He's got I, depression. <laughs> I, he has depression and anxiety. This man is broken. He became a writer, right? He writes historical fiction. And then he'll be like, bruh, have you ever been to ancient Egypt? Because I have. And boy howdy, did I almost die. Right? Have you ever had to walk out of Pompeii knowing full well that everyone died? Have you ever actively been in England for Blitzkrieg and drove a jeep because now I'm older because this series has continued to go on. This is a real book. Like, come on. It's like, just... this man is like, I almost got eaten by a dinosaur. Yeah, we're constantly living through, like, we are at the moment living through a, a period of historical trauma. Poor, oh my god, poor Jack and Annie right now. Jack and Annie oh has my lived god. through every historical trauma point in human history. Do you they think part they were complicit in the civil war. Yeah. Do you think do you think that they sometimes just go, Jack, yes, yes, Annie, do you feel anything anymore? No. No, Annie, I don't. I've gotten numb years ago. Annie, I haven't felt anything since we were on the Titanic as it sank. <laughs> felt. Remember when we were on the Titanic when we were eight? Yeah. Remember when we were memoirs about that? But listen, we also remember when we that. were eight and we watched fifteen hundred people die at once yeah. and thought this treehouse is cool and we should keep using it. Right. Right. Annie. Yes, Jack. Our cat Fluffers is dead. Well, Jack, so is everybody in history. <laughs> it's absolutely messed up what these kids went through. Yeah. That's something, yeah. That's something I, this is, uh, now it's, now it's a trope. Um, I love post-adventure trauma. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. it's so good. It's one of my favorite things to think about because you know my thing about how, um, how, abuse of a lot of relationships could turn out if they oh, just yeah. kept the camera rolling. Do you think sometimes in the Potter Weasley household, Ginny wakes up in the middle of the night and is like, the man who tortured and almost killed me lived in your head for years and you actually murdered him for real? Wait, do you think about the fact that the main duration of when she had a thing for Harry was when you know who was in his head? Because around book five, that started like he had more control over it. That's when it re reached like a fever pitch. And then after that, it was just visions and stuff. But like, and book five is when she stopped like crushing on Maine. Do you think about that? You know, listen. Listen. Hey, no, I would like to, to think about this for a second. <laughs> no, no. But Do you think that she had to think about 
like I got it on with the vessel of my abuser slash that dude who answered my diary and I thought was extremely hot because I was 11 and he was like a cool camp counselor who answered my cool my diary entries yo listen this goes into the post-trauma thing of Harry Potter is fucked Oh my god, it's so fucked. Oh my so god. Fucked up. Listen, also, just to anybody listening who's like, they don't like Harry Potter enough. We do. It's fine. Calm down. But Check out my red bubble where you can buy a uh, rolling stinks button right? a la Potter stinks because right? fucking turf. Let's let's now let's now take Harry Potter and and put it through a cheese grater because straight That's up, ours. Like, we can do whatever we want with it, and Ginny absolutely, unfortunately, had to go to a lot of therapy to get over They the all did. Oh my god. Her and Harry were like, oops, bye. We're gonna see you guys in like 10 years when we know how to be people. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I blacked out for a second. Where were we? Um, I was gonna introduce the last one, and all then right. we'll like wrap up. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so this one is Risking the King, uh, and I picked this one because I have a good example we can discuss. Mm. Um, so this is basically, uh, it's not, like, uh, royalty, like, does something, like, it's not, like, a noble royal. This is when you send your, like, main crucial character into a dangerous situation where they could very easily die when there are other people who could just as easily solve that problem. So, like, it's like having a knight and a king equally posed to, like, take a pawn and you send your king anyway, where he could get hurt. And what I wanted to talk about was the Magnus Archives. Oh. <laughs> Sending John to stop the unknowing. Interesting. That's he didn't true. need to be there. He could easily have gotten got. That's true. That's but true. But still. But still. Uh, you're not all cut up, so I'm not gonna... No. I'm not cut up. I don't... I don't care about spoilers, because I think horror should be able to stand without it, but since this is a recorded medium... Oh, yeah. We will We can talk about it later. Yeah. Right, I believe right. that horror doesn't have spoilers. That's um, fair. Not it should fair. be able to stand on its own. Yeah, um, I, I appreciate that, especially with a lot of, like, the oldies but goodies gothic horror-wise. Yes. I mean, you, we all know, we all know the deal with Dracula. We all know the deal with Frankenstein. Oh my god, it's so funny reading Dracula now. It's like, I should remember to ask Count Dracula about the rumors about <laughs> vampires. <laughs> Right, it's just like, dude. Also, I think with horror, I really like the dread. Like, I like knowing it's gonna happen, and not not necessarily knowing, even knowing when it's gonna happen, but like, it's gonna happen. Like, for example, if you watch, like, uh, this isn't even horror, but like, if you watch BBC's Merlin, right, you're immediately introduced to Prince Arthur. So you know, at some point, Daddy Uther is gonna die you know it has to happen you know it has to happen and you also know when the second they introduce lancelot oh guinevere's gonna cheat on him and that's gonna be a whole thing right Right? like and the the dread is good i think like i like knowing like when is it gonna hey at some point at some point main character is gonna get fucking their arm cut off yeah, and we'll it's have like, to cover, gonna happen? We'll have to cover death of the mentor at some point in the Ooh, future. Yes, but well, I digress. Back to the back to the um, sending your sending your king. What are the 
what are the what are the tropes listed? I'm curious to know what the 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 examples listed. This one actually goes from the other side. Darth Vader. A lot of times there are situations that like the troopers could easily have handled. Oh, totally. But he goes in in the middle of battle, like he fucking gets in a Tie Fighter and is like, oh, "Let's God, go." Yeah. Why would they use him? Yeah, and I mean, like, he's very skilled, right? He has the Force, and, th- and he's a pilot, right? He's Anakin. Sure. But, like, it's... <sighs> it's just not yeah. needed. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's right. not needed. Right, right, right. Or then, then in Return of the Jedi, the the Emperor himself is there when Vader's trying to convert Luke to the dark side. There was no reason for the Emperor to be in a place where he could easily get hurt. And, like, it leads that way. Like... He didn't need to be in the range in the range of fire. Right, 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 uh, right, right, right. For that, this reminds me of that Malcolm Gladwell uh, pull the goalie or whatever it is. It's oh, it's this, it's this tactic in it's sending in, it's pulling your goalie in like the last few minutes of a game to uh, add another attacker to a thing, and it's actually wildly successful. It's, mm. it's it's a surprisingly successful maneuver, but maybe that's one of the things of like, well, I guess we're fucked either way, so I guess send in, I don't know, yeah. Darth Vader. This is, um, it's actually also like a historical thing. Right. Like, like for example, during the U.S. Whiskey Rebellion, <laughs> um, <laughs> during Washington's term, he like led the militia. Right. While right. he was president. Exactly. Far too. He didn't hide in a bunker. He didn't need to do. <laughs> he's not a bunker bitch. He's um, not a bunker baby. But like George Washington did not need to go. Right. Like it's not even like he's some like super powered dude where it's like oh yes we're going to bring our our magic boy to help us even though he's very important. George Washington was just like a tall guy who yeah. was good at war. Yeah. There were other tall men who were good at war. Of course, of course. He did not need to be there. But I mean But I yet he did because I, I he's very sexy. Because... <laughs> oh no. We're not Hey, cut this out of the podcast. Okay. So, uh, sending in your king. We yeah. just spoke about very normal things. We didn't take a pause. Yes. Good it actually because it makes sense excellent. to put people in into, like, pretty mundane situations. I get annoyed where people are just like, you're too valuable to lose. I'm just like, yeah, just lose him. Yeah. And that trope is so overplayed where it's like, you're too valuable to lose, stay home, and then that person shows up anyway, right? and then something bad happens. Ugh, Ugh it stop always it. always happens. Always happens. That you're too valuable to lose, and the person is just like, no. Oh, but I'm a person. I'm like either stay home or like brief them and give them like a proper vest, you know? Yeah, give them give them a reason they need to like not go. Right, exactly. Beyond beyond just like stay at home. Was so, like I feel like this also like defeats a lot of tropes where it's like if you just had like a very honest line of discussion, you would be able to like figure most of these things out. And like humans aren't necessarily good at discussion, right. but they are fairly decently equipped at being like i don't want you to come to this battle because and then that person can be like okay fair enough i think i should go because of this right and then like sort it out at least have an argument i'd rather see an argument than people just miscommunicate everything yeah 
or even like lie like right. even like be like okay yes I will not go I understand why you don't want me to go lol psych right exactly it, it, especially if they're on your team unless you don't like them don't lie to your teammates and why I would think, you lie to your teammates right right you're all on the same team don't be like I'm gonna lie so that I can go do my hero complex just do your hero complex and be like nothing you can say is going to make me change my mind yeah, because here's the thing, the, here's the thing, is they can't stop you, right. they can just tell you not to, right. right, and then at least they know where you are when things break bad. Yeah, just generally, open communication is good, and I yeah. think that, I think that if we can have one takeaway from TV tropes, communicate. communicate, always, talk to other people, share your feelings, talk about your feet, your feet, your people. Uh, talk about talk about your feelings. Talk to other people about how you're right. feeling. Uh, check in with your friends. Right. Uh, we're both coming down from breakdowns, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so if you'd like to check on either of us, you can of course subscribe to this podcast or follow us on many <laughs> social media sites. You can follow Wait the podcast a at. Sorry, we're gonna screeching halt. Are we starting the plug of this brand spankity spank new podcast? Being like, hello. Please listen to our podcast. We did both just come off fresh from breakdowns. Yeah. It's, hey, hey, it's in our anchor description that we talk about mental it's health. It's also very much on brand to be like, hello, how's your week? Did you cry today? Only a little? Good. You interrupted my very good transition. I had to bring this to a screeching halt because I will not allow, I will not allow this to go unaddressed. But please proceed. Okay. Where can we follow these people? Uh, You can follow the actual podcast itself at, at genre blind podcast on Instagram. You can find Annalie at, at Annie DT Art. And you can find me at Memento Mortsafe. Both of those will be spelled down in the description. I unfortunately also have a TikTok with the same name. Anything else to plug? Oh, I wrote a romance God. novel that's going live. If you download the Any Stories app, you can read about vampires kissing. Yes, please. <laughs> Um, and just in general, go out and vote. Please go vote for Joe Biden. Lives will be really hey, up. don't even go vote. Go vote for Joe Biden. Vote for Joe Biden. Let's go vote for Joe, vote Biden. For Joe Biden. This is a Joe Biden stand. Podcast. Yeah, we let's scrap everything. We're starting. Listen, over. we're starting. Genre blind? No, Daddy Biden. We. It's listen. This election is like going to a restaurant and saying, "Hey, can I have a Coke?" And they're like, "Actually." We have day-old flat Pepsi and rat poison. And you go, um, could I have the day-old flat Pepsi, please? That is what you must do. You need that to get the day-old flat Pepsi because it's fine. It's fine. It'll get you through the meal. And then maybe next time we can have a better drink experience. Say it with me. Vote Daddy Biden. Vote, vote Blue vote no matter Daddy who. Biden. Also, please pay attention to the other things on your ballot. I know there's other things at stake in different states as well as Senate seats that are open. Uh, make sure you are voting for those. Um, do a little bit of research, see who is backed by who. If you were a Bernie bro before this, you can see a lot of the people who are up for uh, nomination in the, or sorry, up for election in those positions are backed by him. So you can get a little bit of that good, good, actual progressive in in office. So everyone go vote blue. If you're not voting blue, don't interact with us ever again. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh what's a what's a good button? I don't know. So, I'm thinking everyone